da 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 You sound insane. Do you realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Well, after a 14-year wait, it's finally time for The Incredibles 2, a.k.a. Incredibles 2. I respect that. I'm tired of these titles. I'm just tired. I'm tired of these confusing these in front of my movies. I need just to eliminate all as, ancillary words. That are as someone with no middle name and who's numbered, Richard Barton the Fourth, I appreciate when movies just number themselves instead of being like The Incredibles: a Quest for Hope. Like, give no, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just number yeah. it. We're all going to yeah. call it Incredibles Two anyway. Yeah. Just get. I am. I'm. Uh, I'm uh, not a fan of the colonized uh, yeah. movie titles. I'm anti-colon for sure. Not. Not just uh, colon pal though. N- yeah, not Bartolo Colon. Yeah, you're yeah. a big fan of him. Yeah, but right. you were not a fan of the diplomatic policy of the early to mid 2000s. <laughs> and you've made that very clear. I was yeah. not. I wish you'd stop Twitter, talking you know about that. it. Honestly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just don't want people yeah. to be confused by the hashtag. <laughs> um, well, uh, Disney Pixar. Uh, has a stellar track record when it comes to summer movie releases. And guys, I thought this one was, are you ready for it? Up to par. (laughs) Good night. I'm signing off. And I'll let the guys take it from here. (laughs) Because the U.S. Open weekend, right? Yeah. Yeah, Because it's a golf joke. Perfect. Um, Man. That's what we call a twofer in the business. It's Mm. perfect. And by the business, you, of course, mean the industry. Mm -hmm. Right. We, uh, it's been less than a year now since we last talked Pixar, oddly. Uh, we talked Coco last fall. But it might be the last time for a while, right? Don't they have like... Yeah, 29, I think it's next summer is Toy Story. I think yeah. And, the then next one. and we don't know. It's like mystery projects after that, right? Right. right. Um, and Hopefully so... A tater, Tater origin story. That's what I'm <laughs> banking on. Tater? Yeah. Oh, potato uh, man. Truck and cars. Oh, t- mater. Larry the you cable mean. guy voiced tater, tater bro. <laughs> tater. Oh, mater. A, like a solo. I want a solo for tater. <laughs> tater. I thought you meant Mr. Potato Head, and I was like, I don't nah, know if that can nah, happen anymore physically. The yeah. R.I.P. Don. Yeah, exactly. R.I.P. to Don Rickles. But no, I want a a nice, but you know, full of some adventure and some yeah. heart. Tater. It's that would be just, the ultimate. Just so we don't. Just, just his so name's Mater. Yeah, his name's Mater. Yeah. I don't want to deal yeah. with the emails. Oh, later. is his it? Name's I'm Mater. sorry. Tater. Oh, <laughs> so God, confidently said Tater. <laughs> I did, dude. I, I'm not the Pixar bro on this show. I, I'll admit that. Okay, but 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 okay. To be fair to me, it should have been Tater, right? Yeah, I can go with Isn't that. that no, I, well, he yeah. loves mating, so yeah. it's got to be Mater. <laughs> I mean, if you know his Whatever. character, yeah. I I feel like in his heart he's a Tater. <laughs> I yes. thought you were when I was a kid. I thought that the big slugger from the Mets on Rookie of the Year. I thought his mm. name was Tater, and that's who I immediately went to. That we were getting. I get the it. Pixar form of a biopic on Tater. Well, well we edit year. most things out, so we'll edit that <laughs> all that whole segment out, right. and I'll just say I want a Mater origin story, <laughs> and you guys laugh big. <laughs> His name's Mater, really? That's yeah, stupid. like Toe Mater. Should... Get it? Toe. Oh, Toe Mater. Yeah, I guess. Like he's a tow truck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You guys get it? Or like a tomato? I'm, Is that I'm the joke? Think about tomato? it. I'm gonna go to the library and do some research, and then maybe I'll get it. 
<laughs> okay, yeah. It's I still haven't seen very Cars intellectual, two or three, as and I'm is very proud all of that Larry fact. the Cable Guy comedy. Yeah, very intellectual. I'm very proud of it. Well, um, I, I, I'm all down for a Pixar movie every six months. I don't know about you guys. Um, I don't know if I can fatigue from them nearly as much. I'll probably fatigue from them if they are sequels, but um, as long as it's a sequel that we haven't yet gotten a sequel from, a Ratatouille sequel or something like that, or WALL-E, which we talked about last week, and then VIP, shout out to those mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. good times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of Pixar talk happened last Friday in the VIP. Um, if you're on that feed, check that out. We talked about our favorite Pixar movies and uh, did an in-depth talk on WALL-E, which was a lot of fun. But yeah, man, I get excited every time... I'm going to the theater to see a Pixar movie. There's always something that excites me or something that intrigues me about um, pretty much everything that they do. And I just kind of am really interested in the way they go about things. And uh, it always makes for a good conversation on the show. So that's always good, too. And Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to be joined by a guest later to talk about Incredibles, too. Yes. Well, it would not be a Mad About Movies podcast. Without a little movie news, rumors, rumblings, talk, and uh, movie news tonight, guys. Let's just do 40 minutes on Gotti. Brian, Gotti review? <laughs> I know you saw We've, it. I have not seen it. I, I'm waiting He's until waiting I... Brian. Yeah, I'm waiting until I lose the summer movie draft and hoping that that will be the movie that gets chosen for which I, I don't have know. to suffer through. There's probably worse Travolta movies and there's definitely longer Travolta movies so Ken and I are still <laughs> yeah. still considering a few other it's happening yeah <laughs> oh, man. yeah it was a nice victory lap for me in my blood feud however to see uh <laughs> to see that go down as poorly as it has gone down as like no one could have possibly guessed that uh, John Travolta seems seems shocked by this but, the punishment uh, is just going to be you have to watch Grease for the duration oh, of the Lord God. of the Rings trilogy. <laughs> so it's like eight greases. Yeah. Oh, I don't know, yeah. man. <laughs> just Yeah. It's just you guys st- And you gotta do play by play. You guys gotta take too. care of my son afterwards though, because I'm definitely <laughs> dead after that. No tell option. me more, tell me more, Brian. <laughs> On what showing would you have to leave the room? Like you couldn't physically do it anymore. On what showing would uh, On what loop? I I have a pretty low tolerance for, for Greece. I I maybe I could probably and force my way through like two, but by the third, I'm definitely <laughs> looking for a, a way out. If you know and what don't I mean. get, I don't mean this as an insult, really. I don't because I don't share your bloodlust, but I'm not a fan either. But your wife seems like someone that would love Greece. Has this ever been an issue? <sighs> she does she's not kind love of, Gre- she's yes, she's like you're musically right. oriented. You know right. what I mean? She's, she likes she's a musicals. musical person, but she's not as uh, she okay, doesn't good. care. She doesn't care. But we have we saw. Oh gosh, we. Because we both work with kids and mm-hmm. mentor and all this sort of stuff, we went to one of our one of our kids. That's what they did for. I think when she was a senior in high school, they mm. did Grease as a musical at at high school. And yeah, we went to tough. that. I suffered through that. How'd she um, handle you for the children? Well, you know, look, they should have done better, <laughs> and the director Still should have like. should have picked a better should have picked a better performance. It was very uncomfortable yeah. and awkward, but uh, but you know, yeah. I was there to support get that. the kids. I was very drunk, however, just typically <laughs> off like uh, antifreeze. <laughs> it wasn't even anything normal. It was just yeah. it's the only way. Travolta, to get Travolta brings you to that point, right? Right. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Well, John Travolta's gaudy which is now playing in a theater near you. Um, 
Currently, for at least another couple after of days. the yeah. first weekend. I'm liking the the doubling down by currently sitting at zero uh, percent on the a comfortable zero percent. Yeah, just resting. Can't, I don't resting know if you place. know. Do you know who directed Gotti? Yeah, I do. No, yeah. I'm asking Ken. No, I don't. Oh, okay, Entourage's own. <laughs> oh, I heard <laughs> Kevin, about that. Yeah, yeah Kevin yeah, yeah. Conley. Yeah, and Unhappily Ever After Zone because that <laughs> show doesn't get its enough due. I think <laughs> Nikki Cox is one of the great actresses of our time. Ah, uh, we a... also got word from a member of the Mam Fam via Twitter at Mad About Movies that said it was the entire soundtrack is Pitbull. Is that a fact, <laughs> Mister Worldwide himself? Like he did the score of <laughs> score of music by Pitbull. It says it that is, I... it is his pinball wizard, bro. Wow, <laughs> this might be this might have to be done in, in some kind of episode of some kind somewhere along the line. Uh, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to check this one out for uh, research <laughs> yeah, purposes. We need, we need to start making bets with Brian on everything and hoping. <laughs> I don't think you're gonna have to wait. Brian, too long. I'm Padres Rockies tonight. Yeah. Rockies by three. Who you got? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, if you have a movie pass, uh, you might have gotten a push notification today from them regarding yeah. Gotti, uh, and uh, I can read it aloud on the on the show. It's it's funny because. So uh, this this whole thing it. comes up because uh, we did get a, a tweet or two about Gotti over the weekend, and one of our listeners said, uh, have a movie pass, have the day off, but this is the only thing that lined up or whatever, and also I hate myself, and it had a tick, ticket stuff to Gotti. So it's kind of a double-edged sword, as one of our uh, listeners pointed out, where you end up seeing a lot more movies, but you also end up seeing a lot more bad movies, which in turn makes you hate yourself more. So it's kind of a great, it's kind of the gift that keeps on giving, but also can be negative. So this is what the push notification said. Audiences love Gotti, but critics think otherwise. Who do you trust? See it today. Uh, And, and there's an actual uh, MAGA. Yeah, there's a, there's a tweet that they put out on um, Gaudy Movies official Twitter account, which mm. wanna, I've been following wanna, since day one, which they promoted pretty heavily, right? Because they hit like tons of people's feeds. Interview yeah. request, um, person who runs Gaudy Movies Twitter account, um, get at us. I want It's the I Wendy's person. At, yeah, um, <laughs> but they put out like a little teaser trailer or something like that that said that exact same thing that said audiences love it, critics hate it. Who do you trust, um, an audience or some troll behind a keyboard? That was what the mm. text said on the trailer. Yep. Yep. And it's just calling out every critic for being a troll behind a keyboard. Not people that you know, know what they're talking about or maybe have a degree yeah. in film or have worked in film before yeah. or, or anything have, like that. They're all just journalists because they didn't like God. Standards and editors, yeah. right. Yeah, how dare you not like Gotti? <laughs> yeah, troll! I, this, this happens... <laughs> twice a year or so maybe once or twice a year where and it gets you know very aggressive because of rotten tomatoes and rotten tomatoes though we all know and i i I know everyone listening to this show knows how it works uh because we have kind of a smart movie watching audience but what rotten tomatoes does do is give a centralized target to Mm -hmm. people that are anti-critics it's hard to scream at 300 critics but it's easy to scream at rotten tomatoes so a couple times a year, sometimes once, sometimes twice, there is a movie, and I think Gotti qualifies, 
Um, I'm a cynical person, and I think when a lot of crap movies come out or bad movies come out, um, they know that they're bad when they come out, and they're just like, let's just make as much money as we can. We're going to get killed on this, but let's market it as best we can, whatever. But a couple times a year, there is a movie that comes out that's terrible that really thinks it's good, and everyone involved at the studio thinks it's good. And then the backlash comes from the critics that go, this is terrible. And the studio and people who made the film are legitimately obviously hurt. I get that. And that's, you know, you put months of your life into it, your creative equity and all of that. And then also seriously surprised. But this is the first time I've seen a marketing campaign really address that. Right, Brian? Mm. What do you think? Yeah, it's a strange... <laughs> they seem shocked by this. They, I really think well, they thought this was going to be the there's, critical hit of the Yeah, movie. there's a fun 30 for 30 to be made about this whole movie production in the first place. Like, Travolta, it was supposed to come out in the fall. Travolta, uh, the I think it was Lionsgate, decided they weren't going to distribute it once it had been produced and made and everything. And yeah. Travolta bought it back from Lionsgate, bought the distribution rights and everything back and just went searching for somewhere. And then they had like all this, there's all these stories about the money that they had raised to, um, to campaign it for Oscars and stuff. And that's pretty, I, I thought the trailer looked amazing, uh, just amazingly terrible, but I'm obviously predisposed to, to hating all things Travolta, but even, even without the Travolta hate, I just, gosh, it looks, it looks horrible. Um, but for some reason they'd convince themselves otherwise. This was interesting to me. So we have this, you're right, Richard, we have this debate a couple of three times a year with this, Oh, rotten tomatoes doesn't mean anything or it's stupid or it sunk the movie and people get up in arms about it and whatnot. And so that ad that they're running, that's comparing the rotten tomato score to the audience score and whatnot. Um, I don't know if you saw this. It's not, not smart by the way. If no, they have the money to do it, I mean, it's, it's not a horrible strategy. Also, I mean, it's in, possible in to cheat the audience score. Well, by that's using what I was about to say. Too. Yeah. So, <laughs> so this was what's interesting. I'm on. I'm looking at this is an article on Slash Film that they started it with Reddit, but um, they think that the the score is inflated, and the and you know Reddit is Reddit. But this was interesting to me. <laughs> um, they said they looked at the written reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. The first. Of the first 58 reviewers with an available profile, so people, 58 reviews for Gotti, uh, 45 had created their account that day, basically, like this mm. week. And out of these 45, you moved 30, them to defend it, dude. Yeah, 32 had only, only reviewed Gotti, 10 had reviewed Gotti and another movie, and three had only three reviews. So it's. <laughs> It's it's sim. It may be like the reverse of the the uh, the last Jedi fiasco from the mm-hmm. end of last year, where the um, people tried to sink the Rotten Tomato score. For now, we've got people trying to inflate the, the score because I, I guess people have a lot more time than we do. But uh, it's it's pretty <laughs> yeah. pretty amazing, dude. People are on the side of Travolta, dude. They just <laughs> he's the man of the yeah. people. There's he yeah. looks normal. But, yeah. He just feels like your neighbor and people mm-hmm. just want to yeah. defend him. I mean, just ask any of his massage therapists. I'm sure they will. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that uh anyone would think that 
<laughs> um, he's a star worth banking on or betting <laughs> any kind of Dude, money. Yeah. Cool yeah. was like two success. years ago and that <laughs> yeah. rushed. Yeah. It's done, it's done uh, very oh, well yeah. lately. Done very well for himself. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. It, it's Gosh. maybe the case, Brian, also of Gaudi was so bad that people like, yeah, I created this Rotten Tomatoes account like seven years ago. But it was so bad that I'm getting on here and leaving a review. <laughs> you know, that's like yeah. one or two reviews. That's me. That's probably my account. But uh, sometimes I would go ahead and do that. So, yeah, I mean, we do see that a lot. Collateral Beauty is a movie that I'm reminded of as one that they were the studio was convinced was great and mm-hmm. put out there. And critics were like, this is a joke, right? And they're like, no, really, it isn't. What was that Ridley Scott one with Cameron Diaz a few years ago? The counselor. Um, the counselor. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the counselor is one of those where they were like, oh, wait, yeah. no, wait, this is terrible. Oh, mm-hmm. we thought we were going to win Best Picture. Yeah. Or at least a screenplay award. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Collateral Breedy came out uh, December 16th, 2016, yeah. is what it says. Right. Yeah. So right yes. at Christmas, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. And, yeah, it totally uh, right. does happen. And normally usually, this stuff hap- yeah, it happens. Yeah. Right. More than. Yes. And it usually doesn't happen with a movie that is 0%. Like, you, Collateral Beauty. Yeah. I'll have to look 14. that up. But collateral beauty, 14%. Yeah. Okay. And Collateral Beauty was one that's like, you could tell from the pre, from the ads, it was going to be very cloying and manipulative. And, and sometimes that can hit enough to where it like makes good with audiences and critics are like, oh, it was fine. It was cute. But that one, but it didn't work. Gotti is like, to me, it's very similar to, to like Bucky Larson thinking that they're going to win Oscars. I mean, it's like the same level of, there's no way, guys. This was always going to be a disaster but you know look he looks very fierce on the cover art so it's good yeah it's amazing it's amazing that it got wide release uh so we have movie pass ventures to thank for that um (laughs) movie pass ventures um acquires films they don't produce them they bought this movie or bought like you said uh the rights to just distribute it not Mm -hmm. distribute it um and so that's I guess the roll of the dice by them with this, uh, they're thinking with their power of push notifications that they in putting it front and center on the app. Every time you open it, that that's going to make, um, get their yeah. money back on it. I guess they didn't see the movie or if they did, they liked it, which is another conversation. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. the reason it's probably getting so much hate is because they're pushing mm-hmm. it directly to our mm-hmm. devices, yeah. things like that. Um, which leads to another conversation regarding MoviePass and the changes and all that. I don't think we've talked about that on the main feed. We talked a bit about it in our AMA, I think, in the VIP, but um, hadn't really talked about the limitations, the change, the terms of service, everything like that. Um, I'm at the point now where I'll recommend MoviePass to people that see movies every week, twice a month, three times a month, but um, I'm no longer at the the place where I will recommend it to somebody who sees Avengers and then we'll wait till Christmas to see yeah. uh, star Wars or whatever it is. You know, it's no, it's no longer worth it to the people that aren't diehards uh, in my opinion. But um, if you still have it, I think it's probably still worth it to keep it for the year if you pay it up front. But um, if I was still paying the nine ninety nine a month, I would have to seriously consider it. And I see a movie every week. So um, to me, the real thing they took away is the ability to see a movie more than once or, you know, you can see a movie every day still, but you can only see a different movie mm-hmm. every day. 
Yeah. But if you do, well, you have there's 31 to... movies at the Cineplex most months. Right. You know, 31 quality. <laughs> They're all good, too. Um, I watched a great documentary about owl legs uh, <laughs> last night. Right. <laughs> Pretty stellar. Got to go see a classic. It did not uh, end well. Classic or whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to start going to those weird, those operas. You know, yeah. you see the commercial every once in a while. I was like, right. Don Giovanni, opera, yeah. live. And you're like, who? Fathomevents.com. <laughs> you can yeah. see Fathom Jim events. Parsons do stand-up. It's like, who's <laughs> who's coming to these? <laughs> I know. We should just start going to all those. <laughs> we should. Do Only Fathom Events review show. Mad about Fathom I, Events. Uh, I watch a lot of when I work. I work uh, a couple days a week from home. And uh, I have the TV on with... Uh, I got. I recently changed from... Uh, regular cable to Sling, and I like Sling. One of the channels on Sling is uh, Cheddar, which is like millennial CNBC. Yeah. It's like right, yeah. It's like um, yeah, it's like CNBC, but it's online. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's it's, it's definitely targeted yeah. to you know twenty five to thirty five mm-hmm. and it's it's great background stuff on the whole. It's awesome. Uh, but they had the CEO of Fathom Events on for like an uncomfortable amount of time, like forty <laughs> minutes one day, and. <laughs> <laughs> and just grilling him on like so to be and apparently the cup fathom's killing it so it definitely seems like a money laundering scheme oh yeah old people love that stuff they really do they go ham for a singing in the rain <laughs> screening in the middle of a on a tuesday night you know um but yeah man i used to love that about movie pass what made it so great was oh i've got you know thursday off and I'm not doing anything until 1 p.m. Oh, I'll go see Solo again or whatever. That mm-hmm. made it such a great so I did investment. Thor. Yeah. And uh, yeah, um, I I done it multiple times like that. I saw Black Panther multiple times. I saw Last Jedi multiple times. And uh, you know, again, saw my other things. I don't want to be sound greedy, but um, I think that is the one feature that a lot of people were really attracted to. And I'll be interested to see how many renewals or or how many people will cancel uh, the next go around. <laughs> But um, but yeah, I don't know if I'm prepared to just, call it my product it, of the year anymore. It's just it's there. It's so weird. God, just I don't know. We've talked about this before, but it just seems like they, it, I don't know. Like every day, <laughs> every day, I just don't know what I'm getting from the company and its leadership. It just seems like once a week they unveil something, and you're like, "That's a terrible idea, guys," and everybody says, "That's a terrible idea, guys," and then they're like, "Oh, okay, never mind. Sorry, 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 sorry. We we changed our mind. We'll we'll uh, we'll switch back to this, or we'll we'll change this, or we'll just freaking. I don't feel like this is that hard. Like I, it, I I'm not a business guy, so what do I know? But I feel like they make it harder on themselves than it needs to be. It's a great product. You're not a business man. No, you're a business man just like jay-z <laughs> i just like it, i don't know it just feels like they they go out of their way to make this hard on themselves and there's no there really is no legitimate competitor to what they are doing now the the ability to stay in this is getting like the theranos level thing. yeah but golly just it, it should it's about not, to be like not be i'm stuff. really waiting for them to do some weird equity raise where they're like yeah uh movie passes <laughs> Is uh, raising a second round of funding based on a seven trillion dollar valuation, where it's just like, oh no, they yeah. don't know what they're. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah, I mean? They They've no completely overvaluated. Yeah. What they're, yeah, yeah. No, I, I I totally expect that. And it, look, yeah. I I have I'm still a subscriber because, and I didn't pay for the year. I'm paying per month. Be, I got the like, year, dude. I beat you both. Yeah. I paid See, for the year. Was, yeah, it's smart. It was smart to do. I'll be on when they. <laughs> 
when they unveiled the year, I was like, I'm not sure it's going to make it a year, so I don't know. If yeah, I that's fair. Up the that's totally so we'll, fair. We'll see, but regardless, but I knew um, I would get my years worth in two months sure. doing this show, so I sure. wasn't that worried about it. I haven't used mine much the last two months because most of the movies that I have seen are ones that my wife or friends want to see. It's hard to do the movie pass and you know add another ticket or whatever. So I haven't used it all that much. Um, and today t- today was the first time that I used that I've I think I've used it since they added all or took away features and added different stuff. And it was it was like oh, the app was completely different and. Um, and then the whole not being able to go see the same movie again was, it just, I don't know. It's just a strange, I don't, strange experience. I don't understand their business strategy. Their business strategy should be get people to the movies. I don't see why it's any of their business or it makes any difference to them what movie I'm seeing. It should make no difference. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> because... The theaters yeah. should want people to come see Star Wars multiple right. times. But it's the but it but that's movie pass. That's movie pass saying because they're paying full price every single time you go. Mm-hmm. So that I mean, all it is is them trying to limit them trying to limit their amount of money right. that they're spending. That, but at right. the same time, that lady that went to three hundred and sixty five movies last year and got on the news like that mm-hmm. that broke it because they're like, oh mm-hmm. crap, we lost <laughs> we lost several thousand dollars on this person. You know, it's yeah. it's I get the I get what they're doing with that, but it's. I don't know. It's almost one of those things you're like, you should probably, at the very least, you should probably grandfather everybody who's already in with yeah, that exactly. and just let it be. Like, anyone who signs up new, I'm sorry, that's, you know, we've changed our policies, but that's, I don't know. It, yeah. it does come across as, as kind of crappy, but it, you know, it is, it is still the best too, service yeah. if, if it continues to work for long term. You know what I mean? There's still not a competitor to it, a real competitor, but... I, re- I remain in the camp that says the real breakthrough is when um, somebody takes the movie pass model and does it better. Like that's what we're ultimately ultimately building towards. Hopefully, is as we've said before, yeah. is like AMC being like, "Hey, here's our movie pass." Now, look, you can only go to AMC theaters, and it costs fourteen ninety nine a month. But here's how it works: that's better than movie pass. And we all say, "Oh, okay, yeah, I'm in." And what? That's um, yeah, no, I agree. If there's a I feel like we had a great brainstorming idea about a point system, mm-hmm. you know, about mm-hmm. doing, okay, you got to go see Star Wars, that's 15 points, and you get 30 points a month or whatever. And, okay, mm-hmm. now you have 15 left for the whole month. How are you going to spend them? I think that's great. Teach people budgeting, right? Give it to your kid. Um, and then you could see the movie pass Ventures movies for, like, one point. So you're like, yeah, um, I've only got four points left for the month, and I can go see Deadpool 2 for four points, or I can go see Gotti and American Animals for one point <laughs> each. You know, like those types of things where people might actually choose to go see their movie instead of another movie because of that I'm t- factor. I, I'm the pioneer of the point yeah. program. I if want it, credit. I'm building yeah. it like an airline. If it happens, we're <laughs> filing a lawsuit, and we are claiming intellectual property for putting yeah. this into the into the outer – uh, world for everyone. Hey, we know Mitchell. You start, listen to this We should show. start Mam Pass. Mam Pass. We just need to raise like a million, uh, probably about five million in in money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any uh, VC firms out there? <laughs> hit us up. Right. Mad about movies podcast or Mad about movies on Twitter. And uh, yeah, we'll do the point system, and everyone will win. So win, win, win. Well, the last thing I'll say about Movie Pass. Um, we do have to get our guests on here and talk Incredibles, but uh, what they're really banking on as a company 
is the data, right? Um, right. The, the, the ability for them to gather the movie viewing habits of 5 million people. I think that's, they're at 3 million right now. They are, their goal is to be at 5 million subscribers by the end of the year. Mm. They think with that that's amount, such a stupid data point though. They can't, they can't monetize. monetize. <laughs> they, they think at that amount that they're going to be able to sell that to the studios as, yeah. Oh, we can target your movie here to these right. people in this region who we know will go see your movie are statistically right. more likely to go see your movie because of XX. Right. That's what they're banking on long term is yeah. movie studios going to them movie ventures movie pass ventures wise you know kind of like that in saying we want you to help us help people come yeah. see our movie and they, they're going to build it as a brand a loyalty brand like that you know where right. there's a built-in fan base of movie pass people that will go see x movie because movie pass mm-hmm. supports it you know they're trying to get statistically significant on the data but it's mm-hmm. not going to that's i just don't see a studio you know guess what <laughs> What what is it? A twenty four, is that the right. yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. A twenty four is the only new movie studio that's had any success in the last like uh, hundred years. So they're doing pretty well. You know, like Paramount has been around for a long time. Disney's doing awesome. It's totally a uh, consolidated market, and I don't really see them. Sp- they might spend some money. Sorry, all, I don't know if you guys need that. Olive's is, a huge Annapurna yeah. fan. Yeah. Olive's going so. crazy. Um, but, uh, you know, they. Uh, I just don't see a movie studio spending that much money in movie pants. New, movie, movie pants. Movie pants. Movie pants. Yeah, that's, that's a great idea. idea. Yeah. That's a good idea. <laughs> I got, yeah, movie pants. Put popcorn in the pockets. Um, but, pants for the movies. No, I can't I see it. a studio paying enough money to sustain movie pass if that's their... Yeah, They'll, they will Here, give them some money. Hey, we'd right. like to know this thing. You're basically yes. a social media ad firm for us, so we mm-hmm. can learn a little bit about demographics. Yeah, sure, that's a business model, but I think they're planning on it being a billion dollar business model. And I'm here yes, to tell you, I agree great you. luck, yeah. good luck with that. Yeah, <laughs> they do. That's yes, I'm I'm totally with you. The other thing that they that I don't think is a stupid idea, at least with this gaudy thing, I think what they've tested more than anything else, they're out. They're claiming right now that they accounted for 40% of Gotti's ticket sales this yeah. week. So yeah, no, I mean that's like look that's that's 40% of Yeah, but that's yeah, how much money $600,000. So yeah, yeah no, exactly. it it made no money if you look at it as and I would if you I don't know. I I like I've said, I don't necessarily trust the leadership of MoviePass. I don't know how well they're <laughs> planning things out all that well, but regardless, if you give them the benefit of the doubt and say it cost us basically nothing to get in on this gaudy bit and or they paid us a small whatever it may be whatever however that works you say look we got to test this out if we can say we accounted for 40% of the 1.7 million dollars that it made now apply that to yeah. a movie that is i don't know a better bigger not not i'm not talking avengers but is like the uh middle of the row action i would be adventure. i would you know be interested I mean? like to that, see that, an that american applies. animals that, because sure. yeah, I want to. I'd like to. See I did see that, it for sure, and but did even not that, know. Very it few was, theaters too. You know, yeah, very so. few. But uh, I'd be interested to see what they could do pushing a movie that was good. I think they did it with Itania last uh, Oscars and mm-hmm. experimented with that model of you know promotion for a small indie movie, and that's what gave them the 
faith to go ahead with MoviePass Ventures and all in like they have. Mm-hmm. You know what? They've said multiple times, and again, we will move on right after this, but they've said publicly as a company, our goal is to get you to go to eight movies a year or less. Um, mm-hmm. If you're paying eighty nine nine ninety nine and you see eight movies, then they're probably breaking even on you. If you're seeing less than that, then they're making money. What they don't that want... Is- they are don't the want people to remind you of stuff? Yeah, yeah. They don't. They don't want you to to see ten thousand movies, three hundred sixty five movies, whatever you can see in a year. But um, they also want you to see more movies than you're currently seeing. So it's a very yeah. They're, they right, they Ken. probably have no idea what's going to happen. Totally. You know, they want you to see seven movies if you were seeing four, and that's such a small. Mm-hmm. It, it that's what makes it seem like it's not a sustainable business business model, mm-hmm. especially when you're. When your marketing both has, has to entice a certain part of your product base and subdue the other part of your product base. Like, yeah. it'd be really interesting. It would be like if it, there was another push notification that came out that was like, Incredibles isn't that good. It sucks. Here's what we're seeing. And then it sent you mm-hmm. to some weird, like, Breitbart website or something. <laughs> and, you know, like, seriously, but that's going to get to where they're, the more and more maybe desperate they are cash flow wise. It'll be interesting to see what they do to discourage, <laughs> discourage people from seeing other movies. If they get Which, that desperate, they're just going to raise the price and be like, hey, we're sorry. We're going to keep the service, but we're going to yeah. charge you $4. Right. We know it. Hey, for, it's a steal at twenty nine ninety nine a month. Like they'll, put, they'll push that yeah. out, you know, and then they'll just keep bumping it up until enough people bail to where it's not sustainable. And then yeah, they'll honestly, that would probably be the model. I think we still would have done it. Honestly, now look, we're a weird uh, sample pool because we see five movies a month or whatever through this right. stupid show that all you stupid people listen to. <laughs> um, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But uh, no, but like it would have been interesting to be like it's nine bucks a month and we and you get and all your tickets are four dollars. And then right. that way there's still cash flowing towards the right movies they want. Mm. Um and it's still you're still paying, but it's like almost like a prepaid discount card. I don't know how that would have worked, but I feel like that's probably. I feel like all these better one. these ideas are better than what they're well, actually yeah, doing. Seriously, well, this is this is I still think a brainstorm session going up there. Solo, right. you get you get thirty I mean, points a month, and solo costs twenty five points. I still think that's the way it goes eventually. I, I, regardless, this is probably the fifth time we've talked about this on the show, and. Not to mention all the stuff that we have come up with in like text threads and stuff. We we've come up with thirty better ideas than the stuff that is happening right now. And I get that this is all, it's theoretical when we do it. It's not putting into practice the way that that MoviePass would have to do it. But can we stop doing stupid things? That would be my first step if I was MoviePass. Just stop. How about stop doing dumb things? Here are twenty good ideas. Don't do any of these bad ideas. Let's just see what we can do from there. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. It's. I don't know just, why. Um company like Cinemark, who has the theater chains or AMC, yes. hasn't been taken that ch- as a chance to say, oh, well, you know what? Our movie club, you can see whatever you want and once a day, but you can only see it at Cinemark. That's the catch. And a lot of people would be like, you know what? I'm going to thanks MoviePass, but I'm, I see all my movies yes. at Cinemark anyway. I'll Absolutely. go over here. And they knock 15% off concessions or whatever it is. Yes. And they would have gotten a ton of people to sign yeah. up for that. But instead, but, uh, they rolled out that terrible plan of like, well, eight ninety nine a month, and you get one free ticket, free quote unquote, and twenty percent. That's not. It's not the same thing. It's not a competitor. It's anyway. Yes, and it's so funny that ad. They say, it goes, ma'am is going to take over." It goes, "Uh, it plus you get twenty percent off concessions." Right. That's right. 
twenty percent. Like they yeah. doubled down on that. <laughs> right. Like, you, yeah. It's yeah. like really, it's that low. That's right, twenty percent. <laughs> um, like you couldn't have made it twenty five. Like they really probably argued. Like how how much do we make the percent off, guys? We can't yeah. lose this popcorn cost. Yeah, our margins three are cents to nine thousand percent on our margins. <laughs> it's got to be at least eight thousand. Yeah, cost a dime to make a large popcorn. Gosh. All right. Um, I always love talking about movie going experience and all that. Have you noticed how they've gotten rid of the kiosks outside at theaters? Is that something yeah. that's been common? Usually they, they used to have like a, a self-kiosk outside at places. I've noticed they've started eliminating those in favor of the indoor kiosks by the person that has to kind of mm. supervise what you're doing. Yeah. Maybe they that's a, another thing of movie pass. down so easily. That's, yeah. I, I feel like every theater I go to, a new theater opens and within two months, half the machines are broken. You're just like, come on, guys. Can we not, can we not get this better? I don't know. It's, it's yeah. frustrating a bit because I'm with you. I don't ever want to talk to a human being if I can avoid it, but mm-hmm. uh, it does get. All right. Speaking of talking to another human being, <laughs> if we can otherwise avoid it, we'll bring in a guest right about now and talk incredible. We're back here to talk Incredibles 2. Very excited to get into Pixar World. At least Kent and I are. Uh, Richard is not. He's protested. <laughs> no, I like talking about Pixar. I hate watching Pixar. Ah. But I'm intellectually interested in Justin. Mm, mm, okay. Nice cover. Um, We're joined by our guest, our dear friend, one of our lovely VIPs, uh, Travis. Travis, how are you, man? I'm doing well. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm really excited for this episode. Well, thank you for being here. We are excited to have you on. We have a couple of very important questions to ask you. Kent, do you want to ask questions or you want me to move ahead? Uh, yeah. I'm going to ask you the most important, important of the two. Mm-hmm. Have you okay. seen MacGruber? Well, unfortunately, I... I have not. Oh, uh, whoa. Uh, oh, yikes. Strike. Strike. All right, I'll get the backup. A bit outside. Man, that's it's shocking that you, A, haven't seen MacGruber, and B, admitted to not seeing MacGruber on the show. Wow, I thought you would have, mm-hmm. knowing us, would have tried to slyly slip it in there. But uh, you got to slip it in thick in first. I know it seems counterintuitive, <laughs> but if you go thin in, it just slides right out. Um, yeah. You don't get it. You don't get it. You just don't. Um, well, it's good to have you. Hopefully you're into Incredibles and Pixar because we're going to have plenty to talk about tonight, I'm sure. Brian did a throwback episode last week on Incredibles 1. How was that? With was Ariel. Good, man. Yeah, me and Ariel did that. Ariel from uh, Geek 101. If you want to go back and listen to that, it's on the main feed. It's kind of a taste of the uh, of the sweet VIP life that Travis leads uh, mm-hmm. by being a member of our vip club uh but yeah incredible has always been one is one of my top four pixar movies and i think has a real case you could say is the the best pixar movie and uh have always really enjoyed watching it so we had a good conversation about it i'm excited to hear uh what you guys think about original first run incredibles and then uh and as well as the the sequel absolutely uh richard since you're void of emotion would you like to get what little emotion you do have out of the way here by reminiscing on your memories of the first Incredibles, if there are any? 
of those. He, he passed out already yeah. because of the emotion. No, I mean, oh. yeah, I was, yeah, it was too that, emotional. He's protesting. He's protesting. Yeah. It was that dreaming tree wine we talked about it, <laughs> Matt, about it for all this episode. Um, it was, uh, I saw it with my high school basketball team. Uh, like you do. It, we were at a tournament. Me, Eric Tisby, uh, was po- played in the D League a little bit. I sat next to Eric Tisby, sat next to my main man, Division II uh, basketball champion, Tobias Yon. The next of my main man Toby, uh, I gotta give I gotta give out shout outs to Scott Frew, my Olympian rugby friend from Scotland. This was you know we had an interesting high school basketball team. I sat literally the with the three of them. Name dropping of all time, mm-hmm. yeah. super specific. Just D two uh, basketball players are and and Russ and right. uh, we, <laughs> the Sean Livingston of of Fort Worth. And we all sat together and watched this four games in a tournament or something. And then I did not see it again until last week. Nice. I was like, I got to prep for this. But my wife uh, loves The Incredibles and is it dresses up like, uh, what's the daughter's name? It's not, all, Violet. not Olive. Violet. I want to call her Olive for some reason because that's my dog's name. Uh, my my <laughs> wife has been told she looks like Violet. So she, she dresses like Violet often for Halloween and Incredibles is a, is a huge part of her life. So I am prone to like I'm pro Incredibles in the Pixar universe, and I like it's not as uh, sentimental as others, and so it doesn't make me feel uncomfortable in the theater addressing emotions that I'm not ready to address. And so I'm uh, I, I do Incredibles is probably my most enjoyed Pixar movie in the theaters, plus Sam Jack. Wow, <laughs> wow. Um, I might be the opposite. I remember being super let down by the Incredibles the first time I saw it and the theaters and uh never really got into it for some reason just never wow never really revisit i know i i feel like i'm gonna be shamed from society if i say anything (laughs) not praising about pixar but it's nothing against the movie it's just that i didn't get into it just didn't wasn't attracted to it as a kid or now um i don't know i guess i got my superhero fix elsewhere even though this was pretty early on um i think it just depressed me as a kid the 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 story of his midlife crisis and everything i think i expected it to be more fun than it was at the time and more quirky and i expected toy story and i got a more adult take on superhero culture and postmodern culture and all that and so i was probably very confused so, yeah, it's probably not one that I think of a lot or ever when I think of Pixar. Um, I do think it's a good movie. Uh, it's in my top 10 Pixar movies. But um, I'm a huge into WALL-E because of how different it is. I'm huge into Toy Story because it's Toy Story. And then, um, you know, here and there, I like other different ones. I think Up stands alone as a great film. And I think uh, Inside Out is in the conversation as well. But uh, along with all Pixar films, I'm not going to chastise anyone who thinks this one's the best or uh, unless you think A Bug's Life is the best, then I'm going to chastise you. But no, um, uh, or Monsters You. If you're if you're standing on the cloud for Monsters You, I might have to say something. No. Um, but yeah, they're all very enjoyable films. They know what they do and they know they do it well. Um, they tell stories that seem necessary. Uh, that's what seemed cool about this one is that they felt like they picked the right timing on on releasing this didn't seem too rushed um 
made a ton of money, made more than they estimated it was going to make by far, and uh, ended up being really fun. It, it definitely had a better tone than the first one. I think they uh, learned their lesson in a few ways on some things and knew what The Incredibles were about and what audiences wanted from them and brought that to the screen with the sequel. And uh, and yeah, so never really been a huge Incredibles guy, but I certainly enjoy them when I do revisit them. It's just not, uh, I wouldn't call myself an Incredibles fan or anything like that. Uh, but guest, yeah, Travis, there's some, what about you? Hold on real quick. Yeah. To preface mine, poor Travis, we want to get Travis in here for show. Uh, I hate the animation in these, these movies. The opposite of how I feel about every Pixar movie. Uh-huh. Normally, I just look at it as a piece of beautiful art, and I'm very uncomfortable by the content. and just makes me, I don't like it. Uh, but this one, I'm cool with it, but I think the animation is, and I love Brad Bird, but I just think it's boring as crap to me. Anyway, Travis, go ahead. Continue. All right. Well, in terms of The Incredibles, I was about 12 years old when that came out, and uh, I remember watching the first one a lot in like this film music film appreciation class i had that was some random elective that i had to take and uh, so i mean that's that's when i could first remember watching the incredibles i know i've seen it before but uh for some reason sitting in a class with 30 other 12 year olds watching the incredibles just kind of always sticks out in my mind um i mean when it comes to pixar in general i mean i i love pixar films um Toy Story always holds a special place in my heart because I remember watching that movie every day, multiple times a day as uh, as a kid and having all the uh, toys. So whenever a Pixar movie comes out into theaters, I you know always try and get my wife, my kids to 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 go. And even though it might be hard for my for my young kids to kind of you know keep their attention, um, it's always it's always a fun time. And and and, and they always start asking me when uh, when the movie is going to be out on on blu-ray so they can watch it multiple times too but uh but yeah the incredibles it was uh it was a very fun movie always loved uh, like the superhero family because you don't really see that you know when you're watching a, a superhero movie it's always about just the one superhero by themselves or unless you're watching batman versus superman then you get uh <laughs> you know at least three or so um so it was it was fun it was different um in terms of Incredibles two, I mean, you know, we uh, we waited fourteen years for uh, for the result of uh, the clash with the Underminer, and uh, you know, we found out that the Underminer gets away. <laughs> so uh, I thought I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, you know, overall with Incredibles two, again, like I said, with Incredibles one, it's it's a fun movie. Um, I thought you know the action scenes were were really good. The animation compared to the first one, obviously very improved. Um, something I, I noticed was that uh, lighting, especially off the suits of like Mr. Incredible and uh, Elastigirl, when they're inside of the Underminer's uh, drill, seemed to be really, really cool. It looked, it looked really nice. Um, you know, I, after watching this movie, I, I was kind of thinking, thinking to myself, how um, they're going to cross over into the Avengers universe since are all under the Disney umbrella. But, uh, you know, we'll have to see next year how that'll probably turn out. Um, and then the movie was just really funny also. Uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of sequences that caused my theater to to laugh. You know, people had a good time. I know I laughed 
multiple times. So, um, I mean, overall, Incredibles 1 is probably in my top 10, too, probably towards the lower bottom of the top 10, whereas this one's probably more mid-tier, um, you know, because it kind of felt like a Pixar sequel movie. I mean, aside from the Toy Story movies, I feel like the the sequel Pixar movies just are kind of okay. Um, I mean, I liked it a lot, but overall, it just felt okay to me. Um, you know, it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't anything amazing, uh, compared to, you know, other movies, especially new, newer Pixar movies like Coco or Inside Out. So, you know, like I said, it just, it felt like it was, it was good. It was, it was a Pixar movie. It was a sequel, you know, there's characters that we recognize, um, and, you know, left theater, just pretty happy with it. Good. Yeah. Um. It's always interesting to see different people's theater um, experiences. I my theater was completely packed. There was not a open seat in the entire theater, and I saw it um, nine a.m. on a Sunday or something like that. So I'm sure it was no different than anyone else. And this one was a crowd pleasing film. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't feel like they concentrated enough on the family and the Incredibles for a movie that's called The Incredibles, the first one. Um, should have been called probably Mr. Incredible, you know, <laughs> and about his, um, it's more about his life than anyone else's, right? This one definitely gave, uh, Mrs. Incredible or Elastigirl her place in the spotlight, rightfully so, but also gave the other characters. The goat Holly Hunter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also gave, also gave the other characters their time and you feel like you know them as well more. And I thought this did a good job of kind of spreading the wealth in terms of getting to know the Avengers, I mean, uh, mm-hmm. the Incredibles. <laughs> <laughs> Slip of the tongue. Um, but Brian, what did you think of oh, Incredibles 2? Like <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was, I don't think it's as good as the first one. Uh, Travis, you kind of mentioned it, it felt like Pixar sequel. And I, I think that's true. I think it's the best of the sequels by far outside of the Toy Story universe. Right. Um, I would so, obviously right. take it over any of the cars and Finding Dory and monsters you and all that sort of stuff um i had a great time with it uh i i personally love the animation of the first film but more than anything else in the the architecture and the technology and all that sort of stuff that's some of my favorite stuff about uh incredibles first go around and i i liked it was pretty cool seeing that extended to uh the sequel with uh the the company that she's working for and the you know the hover boat thing and or hydro boat and all this sort of stuff it it was really well done and i liked i i enjoyed the uh the animation style of of both of those films um i did i'm with you ken i i'm not upset at all about the first film being centered uh 80 on mr incredible i think it was it's a, it's so well done that doesn't really matter to me but this is much more of a family feature as far as like a almost like an ensemble in some ways and having uh elastigirl come to the forefront was really cool i thought i thought the story did it did that bit justice um that the relationship between mr incredible and elastigirl and the way that that probably would fall out when in 1962 or whatever year this ultimately is so i i, I thought that was i thought it was very well done and handled that um uh, 
handled a very current topic in a uh, kind of a, a, a fitting and, and classic way, I think. And, and I, I appreciated that. I thought the bits were fun and the stunts were fun. It was a little predictable. I think that's where, to me, more than anything else, the, the sequelness of it all kind of came to the forefront is uh, the, without going into spoilers, it, it is pretty clear well far out like who um like what the villain's backstory is going to end up being um could it kind of and i know it's a kids movie but the incredibles as much maybe more so than any other pixar movie i think is and we talked about ariel and i talked about this on the the incredibles uh throwback we did but i think incredibles more than any other pixar movie is the reverse of the typical Whereas usually you take a kid's story and then now we're trying to figure out ways to make it interesting to adults or at least uh, to where adults can sit through it and not want to kill themselves. And Incredibles is kind of the opposite. I think Incredibles is written for the adults and then we have stuff uh, added in to make it more kid-friendly and, and enjoyable and whatnot. Um, and I think this followed suit, but the, but that, the reveal on the villain and the way that that all breaks down seemed a little bit uh kid movie-ish of the kids will never see this coming but all the adults um were pretty pretty uh, clear on what was about to happen so that was a little bit of a letdown but otherwise i enjoyed the movie quite a bit we had a good time with it uh kent similar experience we had a pack there we went on uh what a sunday father's day afternoon uh we had our traditional our traditional brunch at Old South with Dutch babies, and then went to see the movie. And the theater was packed. The crowd was amped. It was it was a it was a very good theater experience. My kid loved it. That always we, helps in these situations. But we need to do a uh, mad about movies board meeting at at Old South sometime. Yeah, I've done it with definitely. Kent. Yeah, they got the German German pancake man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. World yeah. famous German and the Dutch babies. I, do, I don't know if I could do that. So I I've uh, it it would. Sugar as I get older kills me, but I can do some good sausage and stuff, some coffee. And yeah, we know. Maybe I'll do it. Yeah. I love that. We should. Maybe, wrong, we should. The best. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, man, we should do that. Yeah, that'd be a blast. My, uh, my stepfather, when I, as I was, when I was in adolescence, and we used to go there all the time, he had a theory that they were running a prostitution ring um, <laughs> out of the... There's a second story to Old South that they're real scared mm-hmm. about you going towards the stairs for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and his theory was that there was a uh, <laughs> a house up there of indecent. Yeah, because if you're gonna do that, you definitely need to do it in front of an open <laughs> business, right? Like right, right yeah. next to everybody, yeah. not yeah. in like far away or anything. That's uh, a yeah. delicious, delicious so, establishment. Wow. Sarah's had that. Yeah, it is the great. One place in Fort Worth, Sarah's ever had. If you're ever in Fort Worth, look up Old South Pancake yeah. House. It's worth your time. The, that's for sure. Absolute best. The yeah. absolute best. So. Yeah, anyway, I, I enjoyed the movie quite a lot, and I had a good time with it. Um, it sounds like perhaps more than, than the rest of you, but uh, that was it was fun seeing all the characters featured a little more and getting a little more depth on, on all of them. And yeah, man, we had, we, we had a blast with it, and it, uh, it was a good time all around. Yeah. Man, I just uh, I want to comment on the animation a little bit. And uh, I think The Incredibles, the first one, looks awful. I don't think it holds up well at all animation-wise. I was I, I went back and watched it and I, and I thought it looked very plasticky more than I remember it being maybe I'm spoiled by 2018's animation or something but it just it it was a little jarring just how how much worse it looked and I didn't notice that with you know Toy Story or any of the or Monsters Inc or anything but the thing about it is 
is they waited to do The Incredibles till 2004 because they didn't feel like they could do people, right? Like there's only limited Mm -hmm. people in Toy Story and it's like you don't see their faces really. And they felt like that was going to take you out of the experience more than anything was seeing like a person in Toy Story because they wanted it to feel like a real, you know, real place and everything. Uh, But the fact that they adopted the stylized Brad Bird characters and said, okay, we're just going to make these super cartoony and and uh, doing all that. I think this is a really smart way. It's it's amazing that this wasn't done before. What I want to say regarding that, just the whole superhero family vibe and everything um i'm super glad that this one did more of that um there's an actual production designer on the movie it it just was eye candy in terms of all the set design and everything that was involved with that the mid-century modern style that they adopted for this series is awesome to look at i found myself looking at the windows and the appliances and all that stuff more than i did was paying attention to the movie. I don't know if that was a good or a bad thing, but um, it definitely kept me entertained from a, um, is there stuff to look at that I enjoy looking at vibe? Yes. Way more than a lot of animated movies like a how to train your dragon or a secret life of pets or a movie that I don't really, don't really care about with the entire aesthetic of what's going on, but I definitely appreciate it here and they up the ante for sure this time. Um, just what they can do with water now and their hair looks realistic and you can tell what kind of fabric their suits are, which is satin, by the way, fist pump, satin all the way. Um, <laughs> official fabric of that about movies. And I just love the attention to detail that they can do with animation. Now the photorealism, I'm like, wow, that door is painted and it has gloss. Like those little things that I really appreciate that this one just had tons of, I mean, Frozone, his power is awesome now. It doesn't look as cartoony. But um, in terms of the, the tone, and I want to double back on kind of how this is different from the first one, it takes, in my opinion, a more slapsticky, um, Hanna-Barbera type feel, more of embracing what you can do with animation, especially with Jack-Jack and the way that whole thing plays out. And um, I think once they just kind of leaned back and said, all right, let's just do a fun animated movie, that, that, that this really became what it was supposed to be instead of trying to do something different or uh, darker than you would expect for Pixar, you know, like they tried to do with the first one. It really just embraced what it was and uh, had fun with it. And that's really, at the end of the day, what I am going to think about this movie is that it was just trying to have fun. What, I would what did agree, you guys think about yeah, that? Yeah, I'd kind of, I'd agree with you. And I would say that's why it's a lesser film than the first one. Mm-hmm. I think you're, I think yeah. you're right. I think the tone is From a, a good more, movie standpoint, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's good, it's fun, it's it's family, it's friendly, all that sort of stuff. It is not. Um, there's a lot more. There's a lot more. I guess subtext or the the. I don't know. The B stories and in Incredibles are so much more uh, real and lifelike, and 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 maybe that's less appealing to kids. But that movie made like six hundred million dollars, so I don't think it really mattered. But um, yeah, I think that's. I think for me, just going back to kind of what you said at the outset, Travis, like that's, that is where I, that the villain bit and that the, just the general idea of like, man, we're just going to have fun and it's going to be a little, it's it's just a little lesser on that front and a little less ambitious on the storytelling aspect. I mean, this movie was, the first movie was nominated for best screenplay, like an Oscar. And there's, 
you know, is there any chance of this one getting that? I don't, I don't think so. Cause it's not, yeah. it's just not that ambitious of a, of a script or of a story. And that's fine. Like I have no problem with that, but that is a, that to me kind of lends itself to what you were saying earlier, Travis, with the, the feeling mm-hmm. of like, this is a Pixar sequel type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It, it simultaneously gets dumber, but also smarter in a way. Like I feel like the entire plot with the villain and the motivation and everything is above every, any kid's head. Uh, I just don't know if they're interested in politics that much. And this was a very politic driven plot and uh, motivation involved there. But you know what? I think they're just like happy Jack Jack was there and they wanted to see more raccoon. You know, that's really like if you, yeah, if you sure. sprinkle that stuff in there, then that's, that's fine. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's a visually compelling film right. for kids, especially. And that's, that's very easy to, when you have that going for it or for your movie, you can, you can do more with the story. You can um, go in directions that only that the kids maybe aren't going to even understand what's happening plot wise, but it doesn't really matter because they're looking at, you know, the pretty pictures. That's, that's a, that's, <laughs> that's a smart way to do it. If you're going to do, I mean, that's, Part of what makes Pixar Pixar versus, you know, whatever, DreamWorks or something. Yeah, but also part of what used to make Pixar Pixar was that they didn't go for cheap humor like, oh, Jack-Jack spilled his Cheerios. Uh-oh. Like, that's an actual joke in here, too. It's just like, they can be clever, but also do the otherwise cheap humor that would dumb down a normal film, and they can get away with it. And I love that. And I love that they can do those things in their world and it doesn't seem dumb. <laughs> and yeah. uh, that makes me really uh, excited. But I like the Mr. Mom plotline more than anything in mm-hmm. this. And Mr. Incredibles trying to deal with the kids. I really enjoyed that. And that seems obvious. Like, that's what they would have made this. But, you know, they went back and forth, apparently, on what to make this about. It was originally going to be... 15 years later, like, you know how the first movie flashes forward 15 years and it's him and his, uh, after he's been a superhero, right? Uh, this mm. one was going to do the same and Jack Jack was going to be Dash's age and Dash and Violet were going to be like young adults, I think, or in college. And then they were going to be like grandparents. So I don't know if that would have worked, but uh, I'm really glad that they took the approach of, all right, this happens like a month after the Incredibles, the events of the Incredibles, and it keeps the the same characters. Um, speaking of characters, I agree with you. The villain is weak. What's the deal with Disney villains being so lame? When I was a kid, the Disney villains were awesome. I remember, you know, name a Disney villain post two thousands, right? I don't think you could do it, but pre, you could do Ursula, Scar, Jafar, right? All these iconic mm. Disney villains. What is the deal? Why can't they figure that out? I don't know. I like the Underminer more than I liked what ended up being in this movie. It should have just been <laughs> them versus the Underminer. That was fun, crazy car, weird design. You know, that's what kind of what I wanted in this. And I don't want the, oh, but who's the real villain kind of thing. Uh, that that If they're trying to avoid cliches with this and making it like other superhero movies, they did not avoid a cliche there. I I, I agree. I thought it was predictable. Um, maybe not as predictable as some would assume, but uh, predictable nonetheless. But yeah, what would you guys think about the villain? Um, see, I haven't thought about Syndrome since The Incredibles came out. Like, why can't they do 
a great villain that we remember. I don't know. It's it's maybe just our society is more into the protagonists now. They're better written. I don't know if there's anything big behind it other than just their lame characters. What do you guys think? Mm. Yeah, I mean, for me, I in terms of syndrome, I I liked him a lot um because it he was created he was created out of Mr. Incredible. Mm-hmm. And and Mr. Incredible kind of being a jerk but not so much a jerk. I mean, it's kind of understandable where he was coming from, but that's not how Syndrome saw it. So, I mean, I, I liked him as a villain in the first Incredibles. And I mean, it's like you guys have said already, the villain in this movie is kind of, you know, lame. <laughs> um, it's just, it's not memorable at all. Um, I anticipated some sort of twist, and it's exactly what we got, and it's exactly what I expected. So, I mean, I feel like a villain twist in a, in a, Disney movie would be that there is no twist at this point. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, that's, that's where it was really kind of lackluster. Um, and I felt like the, the general base plot for this movie is very similar to the first one where, you know, uh, in the first one, Mr. Incredible gets hired by a company who, well, I actually don't want to go too far on this cause it's a spoiler, but it's, it's like the, the base plot is very similar this one to the first one so um i mean i enjoyed it very much i i I liked it a lot but i mean there were definitely some things that were just kind of lacking yeah i I, what do you what's your take on the villain brian or richard yeah you go richard yeah i mean i miss jason lee terribly um well bodenkirk's good though i like him (laughs) you know no i'm kidding i i uh you know this one, I, I I need to give my main thoughts on it first. I I think, you know, it I didn't I didn't like. I just rewatched this the first one. Um, like I said, like last week, I hadn't seen it in fifteen years or fourteen years, whatever it was. Um, and found it. Like I said, I don't care for the animation style on this, and though the animation is way better uh, this time around, just because of technology, I still don't. I I find it ugly. I don't know why. I just don't. I don't like it. it's a personal tasting. I'm not saying it's bad. I, I'm just saying I don't care for it. Uh, but uh, I, I found the stakes even lower in this one when I watched them back to back. So the, the the villainry in it was I can't. It's, a, it's an interesting theory to to the uh, sort of subtraction of quality villainry and in, in post 2000s Disney films. Um, I I don't know what that suggests or what that means, but it's certainly even across the Marvel films, the one critique everyone, everyone, everyone makes of, of Marvel movies, uh, pre Thanos probably is that the villains, the stakes aren't quite there. And it always seems, uh, you know, when Loki is the best villain so far, it's, it, what does that even really, really mean? I think that's spread through Disney. I don't know. I don't know what that means or what that represents or what the cause of that is, but it's certainly, certainly noticeable. Um, and this kind of fell into the that stakes, but I, I I never really worried about. It. I I watched the movie more as a kind of a family comedy in a way. I think that's the more interesting dynamic in the in the film rather the than the uh, than the you know protagonist be antagonist or or whatever. Brian, what about you? Yeah, villains 
is it's fine. It's she the I think we're at spoilers at this point because we've been on it for a while. But uh, you know the uh, it's not a super inspired villain. I I thought Screenslaver was cool, but it was yeah. it was very Iron Man three yeah. of of you know the reveal on on uh, oh shoot what was the villain's name? Evelyn Man, the Dever. Mandarin. The Mandarin. Mandarin. Uh, yeah, I, I thought. Oh, it, Iron Man. Yeah, Screenslaver was cool, but you did you know Trevor. <laughs> you knew something was going to break at some point and it took about five minutes to be like oh it's going to be uh Catherine keener's character and that's fine it was fine it was fine it just wasn't inspired i you guys are on to something it it's there's something about maybe our i don't know maybe it's something about our society or maybe it's just we're not putting the it effort in on that i think but it's it, like yeah they're, they're building potential theme park rides and maybe the thoughts not being put you know you're not gonna build a theme park ride off a villain so yeah. How do you, you know, maybe the thoughts not being put into it or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I it, I think we've just gotten to a place too where like every villain is really it's we're much more interested in the anti-hero and and it over and you can't really do anti-hero very well in a Disney movie. So it's just it you know I I it it certainly did not it did not take away from my appreciation of this movie. Um, I you know I like the I like the characters. I like the animation. I love. As I've said, I love the architecture and the technology and all that sort of stuff. I think um, it's that's ex- incredibly appealing to me. So if the villain isn't that great, whatever. Syndrome, I thought, was a very good villain and is very of the <laughs> villains are not the the central theme of a lot of Pixar movies. Really, you know, that's not like a huge emphasis in uh, in these movies. Just overall, not at least in the way that we think of uh you know disney movie villains and stuff but syndrome i've always thought was a very good villain and 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 worked very well this one um not it it's not even that it didn't work so much as it just was very very clear from the beginning of who this was going to be to me not to my child you know and not to i'm sure the average kid and that's a huge that's something because that's a big part of their audience and no that, so. sorry dude all the other kids figured it out it's <laughs> uh, dumb yeah i hate to break it to you you have a dumb kid i'll have to let him know we'll... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry dude i didn't want this to be the moment i definitely <laughs> don't want it to be public but it is what it is <laughs> yeah, yeah, i get it i i'm all in favor of public shaming it'll teach him what he needs to learn yeah so. right he's got to learn right yeah. that's why you bully him that's why at all his t-ball games you scream like you gotta <laughs> right. catch that right yeah i just hassle him constantly it's <laughs> Very aggressive and rough. But Travis, you you've got kids. What did your kids think about this one? Yeah, I mean they they're pretty engaged um, with this movie. Uh, you know, we we took them to go see Cars Three when that came out uh, last year. I think I don't last I don't remember. Father's Day. Yeah. Oh goodness, oh, this okay. was a much better much better weekend. <laughs> yeah, and I mean to be honest, I I like Cars Three. I think it's better than the first, and obviously the second one. But um, even like during Cars Three, they kind of got bored a little bit, got a little antsy. You know, their attention span got cut short. Um, whereas this one, they were they were pretty locked in. I mean, you know, they're they're still young. You know, one, three, and five. So you know, the the two younger ones um, kind of got a little little restless, but they kind of settled down. Um, yeah, they they liked it a lot. You know, when we got home, my my daughter and, and my two sons all wanted to play Incredibles and pretend that you know they're Violet and Dash and Jack Jack. So um, you know, it's it's interesting because before we showed them these, or the the first one at least about a week ago or so, 
they didn't really know that thing that the Incredibles existed because it's kind of hard to keep mm-hmm. a you know it's it's hard to keep younger kids engaged mm-hmm. in a right. superhero movie whereas it's easy just to put on cars mm-hmm. movie story yeah. and they're just locked in um so i mean they 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 like the first one um you know it's probably not it's it, it's definitely not their go-to pixar movie but um still like it a lot and uh so yeah i mean overall i think i think they really enjoyed it and um good and yeah it was it was a good time for them excellent i th- in terms of the screen slaver the did you see the seizure warning before the movie did you guys get that <laughs> we had that that was a can't believe they went that far in production like we're going all in on this uh strobe light thing you could have I think they could have done something that was just like a you know, spiral or something that hypnotized people that the flashing was intense even for me and i'm not epileptic or anything like that but uh definitely got the point across but i like that it was that was scary kind of wish the screen slaver would have been an actual villain instead of somebody pulls off the mask uh great motorcycle chase in this too i really liked that with elastigirl and her taking on the persona of Elastigirl again, but the the opening scene of the movie where they're fighting um, the guy with the giant drill, what I just said his name, Underminer, um, they're together as a family. I wanted more of them fighting together as a family because I really enjoyed their how they their powers work off of each other, right? In order to get things done. Um, maybe wanted a little bit more family action scenes than we got, but that's a small complaint for an otherwise successful adventure. Mm. But no, I think they've learned a lot with action movies, with Marvel and with all the tools that they have at Pixar. Now, this one's just just like a look what we can do, make an action movie with animation and have it be really fun. Just the action scene between Jack Jack and the raccoon was a really cool exercise and just action filmmaking. It was way, way more well done than it probably needed to be right to entertain the little ones. But, uh, mm-hmm. that was really entertaining even for me. What, mm-hmm. uh, what stuck out to you guys about action scenes? Um, there's one on a yacht at the end of the film in a big climactic way. It felt a little bit cliche in terms of the structure of the movie too. It did. It, it felt comic booky and not in a good way in terms of, how how it built maybe maybe this movie didn't need an, an overarching villain or plot that was going to destroy the world or something maybe they could have just done oh it's about this family and mom's going and doing something for a while and the rest of us are going to be at home you know more isolated story rather than bringing it to the world stage that makes sense but um mm-hmm. i have some easter eggs to go over do you guys have any other thoughts about or spoiler related thoughts um before I go over some nah, history hey, type hey, stuff. Hey. Uh, I really yeah. like the soundtrack too. Jakino is back for mm-hmm. this and uh, it's a very Bond yeah. soundtrack. And Definitely. maybe some superhero movies could benefit from non typical stock superhero movie soundtracks too, because that adds a lot to this aesthetic. Okay. Um the only real Easter eggs I wanted to do was all the powers that uh, Jack Jack has or displays throughout the film. Because mm-hmm. I like that. Um, so his powers are 
Uh, I like they're undefined, right? But um, the ones that he shows off are pyrokinesis, shape shifting, phasing, enhanced strength, levitation, teleportation, laser vision, size manipulation, self duplication, interdimensional travel, gravity defiance, and electrokinesis. So I'm uh, gonna pick a favorite. I would say the size manipulation with giant Jack Jack is probably my favorite uh, moment or power in the film. And also the laser mm. vision. Laser vision was used to uh, <laughs> great effect too. But yeah. uh, I, that was a, that's a fun choice that you could really do anything with. Uh, oh, babies don't really have one power, and I love how in The Incredibles each of their powers is really reminiscent of their traits as personalities, right? Elastigirl being the flexible mom, right? The baby being the ADD baby, the teenage shy teenage girl being the one that turns invisible, right? Dash being super fast, Mr. Incredible being super strong, right? Um, Just the the allegorical stuff, man. It's just off the charts with The Incredibles too, man. It's just like a a satire, man. It's like Animal Farm, bro. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's just some stuff that, that Pixar always pays attention to those types of things more than any most studios would in those uh, um, thematic elements. But yeah, I liked all the um, powers of the Chinese food box that you see in the movie is used in a lot of Pixar movies for some reason. They use that same design and there's always a scene where they're eating takeout for some reason in the past for the past 10 years in a Pixar movies. So that's an Easter egg. Um, let's see. Of course, the A113 is in here on a movie marquee of mm-hmm. Dementia 13 or Dementia 113 as it's put uh, in the movie. Mm-hmm. As that's a reference to Dementia 13. And uh, that's the only Easter eggs that I noticed, but I'm sure there are more. If there are more, definitely email us and let us know. But yeah. Thought the plot was a little too over kids' heads, but it had enough of the slapstick fun stuff for them to enjoy. Um, More of the same from Pixar, man. Really fun time. Really good family time. And uh, it's a movie that I would see again if MoviePass would let me. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, maybe I'll have to actually pay for a movie. How about that? Sad day. No, I know. Sucks. Gosh. Um. Well, yeah, I I want to grade this one out. Unless you guys have any closing thoughts on maybe some of the plot stuff. What did you think of the stuff with Violet and her boyfriend? And that was kind of forced in a way. You knew that was going to come back around at the end, which it did. And um, Dash was a little underrepresented, if anybody, maybe. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. there's not much you can do with him other other than he runs really fast. I think they figured that out with most of those. Mm-hmm. characters that run really fast is there's not much yeah. you can do with them right could have had him say bazinga that yeah well you should get a flash movie you should put him in the flash movie which definitely give him a, his own his own uh <laughs> franchise at this point right <laughs> um okay i am ready to grade this one out but i will start with the guest if you were to grade this one or where would you rank this in your pixar movies but uh where, where, what would you grade this one out as at the end of the day yeah, yeah. So, I mean, in terms of grade, I I still liked a lot. Um, you know, yeah. I there were, there were definitely some things that um, could have probably just been a little bit better. But 
um, you know, with the villain and just kind of like the general plot of the movie. But I mean, overall, like I you know, had a good smile on my face the whole time. I laughed. Uh, the kids enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Um, and so, I mean, I'd probably give this just an A minus. Um, you know, it's it it's an A, but in terms of the scope of the rest of the Pixar films, you know, it's kind of mid lower tier. Uh, mm-hmm. Because you know Pixar just puts out really good, really good movies that are you know great to watch. Um, so so yeah, I mean, like I said, put it put it mid lower tier, give it an A minus. Um, nice. Something else I I I want to say real quick is is the action scene between uh, Elastigirl and Screen Slaver uh, when actually I don't know if it was actually Screen Slaver. It was at Evil or Endeavor or Evil Endeavor. Oh yeah, that. Uh, that that I noticed too, but it, it was actually the uh, the uh, pizza boy um, mm-hmm. when when they're fighting in inside the apartment with the lights going off and you know yeah trying not to have a seizure. But that was a cool twist. Thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 whole sequence right there was was really cool. It was really fun to watch. Um, but uh, but yeah, overall I, I liked it a lot. Um, we can't go uh, completely to grades without mentioning the short film. Bayo, which weird oh, yeah. take on Scott Bayo's story. I mean, I didn't see the <laughs> parallel there, but uh, they pulled it off. Yeah, they pulled it off. I yeah, saw it at yeah. the end when it when it came around at the end. I'm like, this is Scott Bayo. Uh, yeah, especially with some of the weird like Me Too stuff going on with Bayo. It seemed like a weird yeah, time to put that in, but I respect. Yeah, yeah. ambitious. Yeah. It was, um, but that was definitely a. You know, we made the comment when we were talking Wally about how different the. Um, short films are beforehand animation style wise than the typical Pixar movies are more mm-hmm. generic and that one I love the style and I wish they would explore more different styles of animation rather than just going with the what everybody expects a Pixar movie to look like style um, I think maybe that that's a way for them to differentiate themselves in uh, with Disney animation stuff with Wreck-It Ralph and Frozen and things like that becoming so popular, maybe they can um, explore more non-typical up style animation styles and Wally yeah. style, right? Um, mm-hmm. That's what I hope for the future for them. So maybe they're taking a deep breath, uh, finishing up Toy Story 4, releasing that next year, and then who knows what they're going to do, but hopefully they'll announce some more original um, projects. What What were you, what would you guess if you were to guess their next announcements, I'm sure they'll do another Incredibles. So probably Incredibles three, um, another Inside Out, probably, probably not another Up, not another Wally. Mm, probably done with Monsters Inc. Probably done with Cars. Probably done with Nemo. No, they'll they probably do another Nemo. Nemo, yeah. They'll yeah, probably do Nemo Finding definitely. Marlin or whoever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, probably done with Bugs Life too. That didn't have a chance. Good Dinosaur, no. Ratatouille, no. Yeah, I would say it would be probably two original projects, which are TBD, and then probably two sequel announcements, which would be Incredibles three and Inside Out two, which what I would I would put my money on. But any predictions, guesses? No, I think that's probably pretty accurate, and hopefully some uh, some original stuff as well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would be shocked if they didn't make a make another Cars movie. Um, 
because they can market it so yeah. so well. Yeah, with merchandise, I can tell you in my living room, I have a little uh, little container Potato. full of, of 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 cars. You know, yeah, five yeah. different Lightning McQueens, three different cruises. So um, I feel like they'd be insane to yeah. not make a cars for it, especially because they kind of pass the uh, pass the torch off to uh, to cruise and you know lightning kind of take yes, them right. into roles. So I think there's some some good potential there. Exactly. Well I'm gonna grade this one out at an A A. Just an A. Solid A. Um wish it was an A plus the villain was kind of lame. Really enjoyed this animation style. Had a lot of fun. I liked it more than I liked the Incredibles. So um wow. that's saying I thought it was just a more fun movie. And um, that's what I was lacking in The Incredibles. So it's right now in my top 10, right ahead of The Incredibles. And so that, that's fair. So, um, yeah, A for me. What about you, Brian? Uh, a minus for me. Uh, and I would have it probably. I have a, a letterbox list for Pixar movies if you want to find that. But I, th- I think I'd put it somewhere in the 11 to 12 or 10 to 12 range, somewhere in that. Certainly far, far below original Incredibles, but, um, but it's, you know, these Pixar movies are hard to grade or hard to rank because they are so, so good Mm -hmm. across the board. But I definitely think it is, Mm -hmm. it is uh, a far cry from the upper tier of, uh, of the Pixar movies. Hey, and we did not mention Edna. Edna was awesome. That was a fun return. That was some of my favorite scenes of the movie. That's that's I wanted Edna sooner. I kept waiting for Edna to show up. Yeah, that's a perfectly used character. If she's if she becomes like the third lead in these movies, you're like, oh my gosh, please get her off the screen. But yeah, the way yeah. they use her is is really well done. So yeah. A minus for me. RB, what you got? He died again. He, he died again. Too emo. Uh, I'm putting it. Uh, stupid hold stupid mute button. I'm just dude, trying to stay just keep calm. It, keep it unmuted. You can be that it, noisy. No, I'm, I'm sick. Between. No, I'm sick, and so I keep coughing. Um. No, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go A minus. I'm with you, Brian. Actually, we're in simpatico on this one. So A minus as well. Uh, but but a fun a fun little summer, especially for the kiddos out there. A fun little diversion. Kento, what yeah. about you? I gave it an A. Um, yeah, just never really right. been a fan. This one made me believe I could be more of a fan, or I could stand to watch The Incredibles more than once every ten years. So that was good. That's why I enjoyed myself. Um, yeah, it ranks number seven on my list, Brian. Um, my top ten is Coco, Monsters, Inc., Incredibles, Incredibles 2, Inside Out, and then the three Toy Stories, Up and Wally. Um, but yeah, like I said, it could be, you could pull names out of a hat and probably get just as good a list, I'm sure. All right, let's, uh, move on, guys, and hit those weekly recommends. Oh, yeah. Weekly recommends. Okay, well, we will get this out of the way first. Travis, it's your recommend. What you got, guest? So, for my weekly recommend, uh, it's a book or an audiobook, whichever method you prefer. For me, it's audiobook because I drive a whole lot for work. But um, I would recommend definitely the Thrawn book from the Star Wars I guess newer canon series. Okay. Um, I I listened to it last year and enjoyed it a lot. Um, I watched 
Star Wars Rebels also, and so I'm not exactly sure if the voice actor they had in Star Wars Rebels is the same guy that they used in the Thrawn book. If not, then they sounded very similar. But uh, it was it was a really cool, really cool story. Um, I never read Heir to the Empire, so this is kind of like my first uh, first glimpse at, at Thrawn, and you know he's a really cool character. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also there's a, a sequel coming out on July 24th called Ron Alliances with oh. him and, and, and Darth Vader. So mm. I guess they have some history. It was kind of hinted at in the first book, just, just a little mm-hmm. bit. And so I think it might explore that more. So it sounds kind of cool. 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 I haven't read any. I In my youth, I read a ton of the extended universe books. Because I didn't know how to talk to girls, and so the DC extended but, universe, right? <laughs> oh, there you. Uh, but I haven't read any of the new stuff. But Thrawn is a is a very interesting character. I'm excited to see how. I, I feel like it's definitely happening eventually. I'm excited to see how they bring him into the movies at some point. It's going to be fun. I cool. would put uh, Michael Fassbender as Thrawn. I would sign me I'm up in. for that. Uh, yeah, I would go. I, with I would David Croft probably. He's already got the makeup, you know. It's really just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, that's a good recommend, Brian. What you got? So there's a new uh, true crime ish documentary series on Netflix that has been making the rounds that people were talking about. Uh, my wife and I watched The Staircase. Have you guys seen this yet? Can't this? I like saw the first fifteen minutes of the first episode, and then. It was too late at night, and I paused it and haven't returned to it yet. But I'm so, aware yeah. of it. Yeah. Okay. So it's a it's a true crime series. It's a it's about a guy named Michael Peterson who um, was accused of murdering his wife in 2001. Spoiler. Yeah. That's 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 how <laughs> that's that's the you know first five minutes. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So that's that's where it starts. He hired a document. A documentarian to uh, follow the the proceedings. This was in 2001, or I guess the court case started in like 2003. And um, I guess this stuff, I I haven't researched it too much. I I just finished it last night, and I didn't want to uh, I didn't want to dig in to the research and whatnot until I had seen it all, just to avoid spoilers and whatnot. But apparently, this has been out there. Some of these episodes have been on YouTube. Um, it is a 13 episode series. It's a little bit long. It probably should have been compressed into 10 episodes. But I guess if you're making something over the course of of 15 years, you know, it's hard to plan those things out. It's a very interesting and crazy story. It will terrify you if you're uh, like Richard has this has the fear of being falsely accused of something, whether or not this person was falsely accused of something. It will give you nightmares about the idea, the prospect of having to defend yourself in court. Um, It's just it's unreal. And but. More than anything, the access that uh, that the film crew had from the beginning because of just it's very unique and um, really there's just there's stuff that gets shown in the film and said on camera that um, is reminiscent of like the jinx and uh, even more so than like making a murderer because it was happening. You know, most of those series making a murderer, for instance, um, the film, you know, the uh, the director and the film crew and, and whatnot come in well after the fact. And this was, I mean, pretty much from minute one, they they had access. So it's it's a really 
unique and and interesting and binge-worthy sort of series. So uh, check that out on Netflix. It's I have had tons of people ask me about it and and tweet and email and whatnot. So I'm sure there's lots and lots of people that are out there watching it already. But if you haven't, it's definitely that kind of water cooler type uh, conversation piece that Making a Murderer was and, and, and whatnot. So check that out. It's called The Staircase. 13 episodes on Netflix. Okay, Richard. He's gone again. That Maybe was not mute. No, oh. that was no, that was not mute. My cord came unplugged. Oh. Uh, mine's a little really silly, stupid book, but it's uh, it's uh, but it was incredibly readable. I read the uh, new Jake Tapper from CNN uh, thriller, The Hellfire Club, from the nineteen fifty. It's a nineteen uh, fifties mystery with the Kennedys and Roy Cohn and McCarthy and all these people in it, and it's a really fun little beach read in the summer. Uh, if you're interested in like history and things like that, it's a historical fiction kind of thriller. Uh, but the dialogue is terrible, and this book is awful, and I loved it. That's my blurb <laughs> on it. I loved every page. Read it in like two days. It was terrible, and I loved it. So I highly recommend it. Great. Awesome. Um, I'm going to recommend a documentary that I recently saw that came out in 2014. Uh, this documentary... It was produced by Tribeca, I believe. Um, and it's called I Am Big Bird. Have you guys seen this? Uh, I can't remember. I I, I think I have. I think it's it's part of um, about Carol Spinney, the guy who's been playing Big Bird, um, the Muppet, pretty much since the 70s or when it started. And um, really interesting documentary. Um, if you don't like Big Bird or you don't know who Big Bird is, it's still very interesting documentary about um, just how popular the character became and how he became kind of a part of the character and attached to being the character. And, uh, you know, it traveled around the world and there were movies made and everything. And uh, this is a very entertaining documentary. I, I might have cried like seven times or something in this. It's just wow. like so many moments that you forget about and like, you know, when Jim Henson passed away, you forget about that whole thing. And it was really well. It was way better than this should have been. I I picked this up at the at the library um, because I was like, oh, you know, it's a Jim Henson related something. And it was produced by Tribeca. So I was like, I'll check it out. And then it was it was very good. So it's my recommend. I am Big Bird. Check it out, Brian. You would like it if you haven't seen it in a while. You I think I have seen it. part of that. It's, uh, yeah. I think I think yeah. the little your uh, your son would enjoy it too. It's uh, totally shows um, you know the the story behind Sesame Street, and it's just a, that's an incredible just what the impact they've had on kids has been in, incredible. You know, I'm interested to see the Mister Rogers doc that's out right now. I still haven't seen it, but um, it's just amazing how all that stuff is so synonymous with. Uh, bringing up um, the American youth, right? Like the how responsible they were for teaching kids how to read and write and do the numbers and and talk and socialize and all of that is just uh it's pretty interesting. So I am Big Bird. Check that out. That's a recommend for all the families out there listening who who have enjoyed Incredibles and want want something uh, to watch with the kiddos. Um. So yeah, thanks to the guest Travis for being here. And you can find him in the VIP holding it down always. Like all of the <laughs> Vipers in his satin just hanging out listening to Ignition. Um, you can find me 
online at Kent Garrison and uh, Kent, at Kent Garrison on Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, and all that good stuff. Um, Brian, where can we find you online? You can find me on the Twitter at BGill12. You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter. Richard, where can we find you? Wow. In in the ether. Uh, no, you can find me at, at uh, Richard Varden on all the social media. You can find me at the Mad About Movies Podcast VIP newsletter, which you Vipers get uh, with some links and fun stuff from us. And then you can find us the regular Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter, which will be out soon. And uh, Kent, where can I find you? Find us online and me always every week here on Mad About Movies. Next week, I think we're talking Jurassic World 2, Fallen Kingdom. No, just Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. No number. Shame. Strike one for Jurassic World. Go back Um, to numbers. uh, We'll be talking about that at length next week. So join us then. Until next time, we'll see you in the VIP and at the same. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged <laughs> But I don't know what to do With those tossed salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again Scrambled eggs all over my face They're making me yeah, yeah. Your salad is red.